podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, we have come to the end of the season for a few sports, a few of our spring sports. We're in June, so we're in the summer. It's the summertime shine. We're relaxing. I'm back down in Texas. It is hot, bro. It is hot. Okay, it was 103 degrees down in Houston. And it's not even just Houston. I was in Dallas last week. It was 100 degrees. That's also why it's taken us a while to get this episode out. But uh, it is hot in Texas. And because it's so hot, that means sports have ended. And so to talk about the end of the spring season and look forward to the fall season, we got uh, the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Albert? It's just hot. It's hot. It's hot. Um, have you heard that? Did you hear that song from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Jazzy Jeff? It was summertime. Is that what you're referencing? Summertime. It's well, that wasn't what I was referencing. Um, that is like an iconic hip hop song. Uh, please don't lighten that song up. I, I could see the wheels turning as you were like, "What are you talking you about? Uh, this snazzy, this snazzy tune." <laughs> <laughs> it's from the '90s. I was just jogging your uh, from memory. From the snazzy tune, uh, from uh, this person they call the Fresh you Prince. You just, I don't know if you, you wake it. up angry. You need to go <laughs> hang out more with the therapist. I don't know what's under your skin, with, Albert. <laughs> with, with, uh, I can't remember the disc jockey's name. <laughs> <laughs> the disc jockey. Oh my God! Well, okay, good to be here. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeremy's like, you know what? We took a week off. We need to take another week off. Already. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's talk about the spring sports, though. Starting with baseball. So, last time we talked about baseball, they uh, were three seed in the uh, Gainesville Regional. Um, all hope was lost to making out. We didn't think we had a shot. And then what happens, Jeremy? We win the first two games. Now, the first game, I predicted. I thought, I thought that was a game. That, that we could win. I thought we had the better team. I was like, but we ain't beating Florida, in my opinion, who was the best team in the country. Uh, but we do. We beat Florida, Jeremy. And how are you feeling knowing that Tech's only one win away from a Super Regional? The UConn game, I was surprised we won. But you had it right. I mean, if Molina pitched, really? it was going to, yeah. Well, when you said Molina pitches, we win the game. And you're right, we did. Um, we, we ended up winning at 3-2. So, like, you know, nothing crazy on the bat side of things, but you do go out and have pitch a really good game and you keep UConn from capitalizing on a couple opportunities that they, they had um, kind of ground out for or they worked really hard for. Um, it was the question of what happens after Molina. And remember, we talked about, you know, who's going to go out and make the difference uh, in that second game because you can't just uh, you can't just continue to use, use cool. Molina. Not to cut you off, but even that first game, we almost blew it. Yeah. <laughs> Once Molina came off the yeah. mound, we almost Yeah, and so you think, it. okay, well, we won, but what's going to happen? And then you have uh, Brandon Beckel. It was just like, can he kind of string together the success that he had been having kind of late in the season? And he did. And Florida, I think, kind of came out of the gate a little bit um, expectant that it wasn't going to be so hard against Texas Tech. Um and so for them to kind of get that punch in the mouth, I mean, again, another close, close win, but a win is a win. You win five and four, uh, and then you kind of got to kick back, get to kick back and watch the other three teams kind of duke it out for a second. I felt optimistic. I felt optimistic, but I also, it was the back of my mind thinking, okay, 
who's going to pitch next? Like, are we throwing Molina back out there? What's that going to look like? Because that's that's been the question all season, is that what is pitching going to do? And we've said it before, and a thousand people will say it in the world, um, you know, pitching will make or break you in the postseason. And it broke us. <laughs> yeah, no, it broke us in the end. I mean, Florida comes back. Uh, they they ended up knocking off UConn, coming back to play Tech, and then it's just they got to beat us twice. We only got to beat them once. And that first, you know, it's, it's funny. I was watching that game three. <laughs> And um, it was a close-fought game. Tech had an opportunity there to win the game there. Uh, very close-fought. But um, us lose. it almost felt like that game, that third game we played, the second game against Florida, was the real regional final, right? Because they, they ended up playing on Monday, which ended up being – that was, that was the, the second game on Sunday. We ended up playing on Monday, which ended up being the real the, – the final for the region. And, and Florida just beat the crap out of us. I mean, that wasn't even close. And so it almost felt like the Sunday evening, that was the game. If Tech was going to win a game, that was going to be the game. And, and it, you know, you watch – if you watch the Super Regional where Florida played South Carolina, I mean, Florida, Florida beat them pretty nicely. And it almost makes you feel like, man, Tech was I, – I, and I believe if Tech wins that game Sunday night against Florida – Tech is right now in the College World Series. Despite everything that we've done this season, despite the highs and lows, despite there was a point in time where we thought we weren't even going to make the tournament, Mm -hmm. um, I really do believe Sunday evening, if we find a way to pull through in that close-fought game, it was a very close-fought game. I don't blame anyone for that game. I think Florida just was the better team at the end, and and they were, of the of course, they were the better team on Monday. Um, But it feels like if we were to find a way to pull through at, at the very end, um, that Tech is probably in the College World Series right now. And that's such a crazy thought that, and that's what's so exciting about, you know, postseason tournaments, um, whether it be, you know, the tournament, the NCAA uh, tournament in basketball, um, the big dance, or if it's, you know, regionals and super regionals, is that really like it comes down to are you just on fire at the moment? And for a little bit, it felt like we were. The bats weren't as near, nearly as good as they could have been. Um, but, you know, the hard thing about regionals, especially when you have a team like Florida, is that you can get them in the first go. But teams like that are really good at adjusting. You know, coaches are really good at saying, all right, well, this didn't work, so how can we kind of rearrange it? And Florida just had more depth than Texas Tech did. And that's all it was. And it was just they were able to pull from a lot more um, talent, and we just didn't have the accessibility. And so that's super hard to think about, you know, with this team that's been so successful over the past you know, five or six years to get into a position where we could have been, we could have been right there. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's with, especially with this team, it's the bullpen's been our issue all year. And, and in that game, that Sunday night game, when Zane Petty got himself into a little bit of a jam in the sixth inning, when he came out, it, it, it all hell broke loose. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and that's been our, that's, that's been the problem. I mean, if you watch that Sunday, if just looking at the box score, you see seven one, how, what are y'all talking about? It wasn't close. No, it was close. It felt like we were right in there. And then the bullpen just couldn't hold firm. And I, and I do think that's something that as we look into next year, um, we'll be better. I mean, this team, this team was a fairly young team. You know, we, we had to, we had to supplement with some transfers. I think the biggest thing is, is that we were talking a little bit about football in the uh, pre-pod, but even baseball, like we were pretty top heavy with not a lot of depth. And I think, so some of our, you know, some of our top guys will be gone. Hudson White's already gone. Gavin Cash, and, and whether you consider him a top guy or not, but Hudson White's gone. Gavin Cash will be well. A uh, uh, question of whether he'll be here or not, probably not. Um, some other players will, won't won't be here, um, but I think we'll have a lot of depth from these young guys that had to play have a that had to play this year. That you're like that a lot of, that frustrated us all season long. 
uh, will get a lot more playing time next year, and then they'll be able to really be those guys next year. So this remember, this was we came into the season thinking it was a rebuilding year. We came into this year only want people with high expectations were people that are just like, yeah, it's Tadlock, he'll figure it out, which is true. He found a way to get here, um, but I do have uh, good, good, good expectations. Good, uh, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for next year. I think we'll have a, uh, a much better team. Um, and if Texas wants to, to give us any other star studs, uh, they want to piss anybody else off. Uh, you know, actually, hold on, hold on. Let me get, get my best Shug Knight. Um, if you tied, if you tired of all, everybody in Austin being all up in the videos, <laughs> <laughs> dancing. Come on over to Lubbock. Come to West Texas, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no. I, I, overall, I, I, still, I still think it was a successful season just because, it's like, let's be honest, this team wasn't a typical uh, tech team we've seen in the past over the past decade, right? Like, this team isn't the same tech team we've seen recently. Um, and so they had to really grind it out to get here. And they were, you know, a few innings away from a Super Regional and maybe even the College World Series. So. Yeah, and looking forward, I mean – you had you had um, three, so you've had four players who, at in, in the wake of the postseason, you had four players that made that ABCA All Regional um, team, which is the American Baseball Coaches Association or whatever. But two, more importantly, you had the Team USA camp uh, invite Mason Molina and Kyle Robinson both to camp, both pitchers. Mason Molina obviously a left-handed, and then Kyle Robinson a right-handed. And I think if you can develop those two guys, Mason Molina already that dude, right? But if you can develop Kyle Robinson and put him in a position where he can either be a relief or a start, the fact that you're switching up pitching, like if you can have two stud pitchers who pitch differently, that's, I mean, that's that could be amazing uh, down the stretch. But a lot of things to look forward to. You you got to put your trust in uh, Coach Tadlock. He's a great coach. And like I said, we sh- we did enter this season as kind of a rebuilding year, and you still ended up getting 41 wins on the season. So not a terrible. And I think Molina is not eligible for the draft until next year. Yeah. I believe. MLB draft's really weird about sophomores and ages and when you're when – you're, you know, how old you are and what date and all that other stuff. But I believe he's not eligible till 2024. Um, and if we have another year of Mason Molina, like, look, guys, Mason Molina, I think will be playing in the bigs. I really do. As, as You know, I, I, I wasn't this confident in him last year, to be honest with you, right? Um, but the way he pitched this year, and especially if he gets another year on the mound in Lubbock, uh, and as a lefty, as dominant as he is as a lefty, I actually really do think that he'll be playing in the bigs. Um you know, hopefully for the Astros because the young, the Rangers, y'all already got Josh Young. Okay, y'all already, y'all don't need another uh, Red Raider uh, uh, great. All right, let let us have, you know, what I'm saying, let us have some, and then I, I'm sure Rangers fans would be saying we well, all also have two World Series, so let us have some. And to that, I'd say no. Um, <laughs> you have any predictions for the College World Series? No, I have none, none for you. Sorry. Do you even once Tech is out, do you just say screw baseball? No. So what's funny is that my um, my grandfather, well, my step grandfather, uh, was a part of the building of the original Rosenblatt Stadium up in Omaha, and so that side of the family has had like season tickets on a really nice, uh, really nice part of the stadium that like doesn't get too hot, um, and so my family has been going every year. Uh, to that just kind of like to save face you know to be there and use the tickets or they'll sell them so like I've, I've had kind of a connection to the world series since i was a kid and um 
I think it's a really exciting time for baseball. But yeah, at this point in my life when it's like, is Texas Tech playing or not? No. Okay, well, I'll just kind of keep up on Twitter and see what's crazy. I'll, I'll look for the highlights. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, TCU did make it. We ain't got to talk about that. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's never, that's never great. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, uh, – I don't actually – I don't know who they play first. Um, I, don't, I don't really care. I don't really to care. Quiet, to be quite honest with you, I don't really care. Uh, but I, I'm going to stay firm. I've been, Like I said, I said it before the tournament. I think Florida is the best team in the country. Um, so I'm going to stay firm and say that they win it all. I'm going to go Florida. And it will make me feel better that we were really, what, four innings away from knocking Florida off and, and totally. So a Florida win is like a undercut tech win in a way. So <clears throat> moving on to another spring sport, uh, track. Track and field. So we came, we did, the men won the Big 12 going away. Set a Big 12 conference record in the Big 12 uh, uh, conference meet. But uh, um, when it came to getting to nationals, there was a thought, and this is probably the most um, hyped up Texas Tech track team, men's track team we've had in a long time. And this, this, uh, even, even more than the one that just won. Uh, and there was a thought that Tech really has a legit shot at a national championship. Unfortunately, Jeremy, that did not happen. That did not happen. Um, as, as Texas Tech failed to failed to even reach top five in there. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the national championships for Texas Tech? There? Really, I think, you know, and I mentioned it last time, that with, with championship – for track and field especially, it's like uh, you, you qualify and you get your race. And it's that's it. And so if you're not feeling your absolute most, like the most dangerous of your life, like you can have, you can run a better time throughout the year and then run, you don't you don't even hit a, close to a PR in the championship. And I think that you had a lot of tech athletes who, I mean, really excelled. Obviously, there were some that like, you know, those dudes are dudes. But you still had others that it just didn't, they didn't really finish where they, they could have. And I know that's going to really live on them. And Coach Kitley was talking about that after the meet in his post game. It's just, you know, there was a lot of athletes who, you know, they knew they could have done better. And so that's kind of their, and, but they're very young, I think is another thing that, you know, they're young. And so this taste of like bittersweet that you made it, but you didn't get where you could have, like that's going to drive them going forward, which I'm really excited about. The big thing that everybody's talking about that uh, the frustration will mount forever is that four by one relay where tech the four by the one four by one oh the four by one oh the worst God. you 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 screwed us you took it from us glory was ours and they couldn't handle it Albert they couldn't handle it so they threw a threw a, threw a BS that would have been DQ at us well that would have been a Texas Tech school record that would have been a uh, NCAA national championships meet record um, they couldn't handle it. And oh my God, that and that would have sent us. We finished sixth. I think they said that we would have finished third, had that had that actually uh, oh, yeah. uh, been there. So that that yeah no that is uh that's unfortunate. That's gonna that's got to sting. I, to your point though, and I didn't really think about this, is that a lot of this team will be back next year. A lot of this team will be back next year, and so <clears throat> you know it's it's all part of the journey in a way, right? Like it's all part of the uh, let's. Let's, uh, you know, put it, put it on your back, put that chip on your shoulder for the next year, get back here and let's win the natty. Um, so yeah, but it, it's, uh, it's definitely un- unfortunate. Courtney Lindsay, uh, did have a hell of a time though. Did have a hell of a time. He won the men hundred liter or hundred meter. Sorry. Um, hundred liter. Finished. It's the rock sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, back in, back in That's the day. That's the tech fan sport. That's what we do up in the stands. <laughs> That's the tech sport right there. Hundred liter and a hundred meter. 
Um, but his, his hundred meter time ended up finishing number two all time for Texas tech. Um, fifth fastest in NCAA history. You want to know who number one is Jeremy? Your boy, divine. Oduduro. All right. He was a stud, man. Yeah. He's number, he holds the school record. He holds the school record. He's, he's a, oh God, he's a beast. Um, so, so yeah, Courtney Lindsay had a hell of a time was, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, Texas Tech does finish sixth. And it is funny that I'm saying unfortunately, right? Like, ah, you know, Texas Tech finished sixth in the country. Ah, what a disappointment, right? And, and it, it is – well, it is the seventh time in program history we finished top ten in the country. I, I don't – there's no other sport in, in at Texas Tech that has had uh, top ten finishes at the end of the season uh, seven times. Yeah. No other sport. And so – um, it, it's quite impressive what what Wes Kittley done has done. Well, I guess meat judging has done. Meat judging. That. As has chess. As has so chess. I guess, you know, if you consider chess and meat judging sports, then sure. You know what I'm saying? We've now, been there. Or cheerleading. Che- cheerleading. Actually, not. You know what? Real quick. Sidetrack. Cheerleading might be the best sport of tech because they be killing it. They be killing it. And that's a, that's a legit. I as a as a child and being the great older brother that I am, that had two younger sisters that were both in cheerleading. Uh, for the first, like, maybe 25 years of my life, I made sure to let them know that it's not a real sport. Because, you know, I'm a man. Y'all are little girls. It's not a real sport. Yeah. It's absolutely a sport. It's a thousand percent a sport. I knew it when I was 12. That is a, they, the way that they're doing this test twists and turns. So cheerleading, I'm going to claim that one. I'm joking with meat judging and chess. I claim cheerleading. Those girls kill it, too. They're amazing. Physical superiority. So, but anyways. Um, Absolutely. So I also wanted to point out, when I, you know, kind of look at across the board. Um, yeah, top 10 finish for the men. Best in the Big 12 by, by a good margin. I will say, if you notice, 10th, finishing 10th, it was BYU. So coming into the Big 12, uh, you can say that BYU is the second best track team of the last season. So um, kind of cool stuff there, but really no surprise when it comes down to the teams that finished in the top 10. Um, I would have liked it for it to shake up a lot differently, but no surprise there. So good good for the track team. Yes, sir. Good for the men's track team. Uh, <clears throat> golf. Golf won the Big 12, you know what I'm saying, with your, with your boy. I know we talked about that last time. Uh, um I know we talked about it last time, him getting that, that PGA Tour membership card, but I did, we failed to mention that the team as a whole did win the Big 12 championship. So so nice uh, nice little awards there for the spring sports. Um, and he wasn't doing bad in the, the tournament, in the PGA, in the ticket. I mean, he's under seven, but he's like 25th. But for your first time? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. And he was able to do that without worrying about the whole live PGA tour thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You have to pick a side. Yeah, he just kind of comes Like up, most Swedish people, he's, like, hey. he's very in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Very pacifist. <laughs> oh, that's a great joke. Oh, that was, I'm, I'm so proud of you. That was a good joke. Um, and so for all these champions, you know, the best way that I know they reward themselves is going to homefieldapparel.com. And they what they do is they go to this, they see the, the, the uh, uh, side link. They put in homefieldapparel.com, they click the three stripes, they go there, they say schools, which school, they go Texas Tech, they click Texas Tech, they see nice Texas Tech swag, they, they know how soft it is, they know how comfortable it is, they know that it fits just right, and they say, I need to grab that rat right there, the tortilla toss shirt, that's the one that I need, because they're all friends of the pod, they're all friends of tortillas and takes, so they want to wear that tortilla toss shirt, so they put it in their cart, and they say, because I'm a friend of the pod, because tortillas and takes hooks me up, I'm going to go ahead and put takes 12 t-a-k-e-s one two in the promo code and i get 15 percent off i know all these guys do it 
right? I know Courtney, Courtney Lindsay did it right after he won the national championship in the 100. Right? I know that's what they do. They go ahead and they get that. And that's Takes12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2, for 15% off of their first order. So, Jeremy, we're talking about these spring sports. And uh, there is a sport coming up. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it is, it's, it's, you know, some people like it. You know, it's called American football. Um, and, uh, uh, or football. But it's, it's, uh, it's oh, I football. like that you put the tagline. Keep and, uh, it there. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, gotta, the U.S. just beat Mexico 3 0, all right? And, and, and it's in association football. So I gotta, I gotta keep it, keep it separate there. But, um, so football's coming up. And we were joking pre pod that, uh, I feel weird. I feel kind of sick in my stomach a little bit. Like I'm a little all knots and top and, and, and I, I feel kind of, uh, constrained, you know what I mean? I, my, my blood pressure feels, you know, kind of high and sure. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm back in Texas for a little bit and I'm eating all types of terrible things for me. Um, but it's also because I weirdly feel optimistic about the 2023 Texas tech football season. I don't know how to feel. Right, I'm. You know, if y'all have been listening to our podcast for a long time, and usually coming into season predictions, I'm like five games, six games. I think one year I even said four. Right, um, Jeremy, I are we due for an eight plus win season? Like this is this is weird. how do you deal with optimism? I don't, I don't know. This is new for me. Are we back. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I just. That's the that's that's title of the episode. Are we, are we back? <laughs> are we back? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> what a dig. Speaking of, I recently got off a podcast with our friends over at the Longhorn Pod talking about this very thing and ending up on the ultimate question, the penultimate question every offseason, every preseason, what is the record of Texas Tech football? And so I walked through week by week, and kind of gave a small little context of this is a win or this is a loss and this is why. And I had us going into the Texas. Up, 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 up. You got to save it. Don't, don't tell me. No. Oh, oh, so I'm optimistic. Um, I'm scared. Don't tell, him. Don't, don't, don't tell me. No, you can talk about it, but don't tell them the number. I'm scared. We got to save that. Yeah, uh, I'm scared because I, I actually think that we're going to win quite a few games this season. It's going to put us in the range of where we have not been in some time. I'll give it to you that way. Um, it's incredible, Albert. It's incredible because it's like, am I just lying? We're the, we're the realist pod here. We're the podcast that says, okay, we're probably not going to win many games this season. We're the ones who say first year head coach four wins. Maybe (laughs) we're the ones who look at it and go, there's no way that Texas tech is going to win this game. We look for, you have to earn our trust. You have to earn the win from us. Uh, we are more happy. We are more content saying Texas tech can lose this football game. Absolutely. Uh, and then being wrong, then saying that Texas Tech's going to blitz through this and get a 10-win season, and then uh, being wrong that way, because that, that one hurts a lot worse. So, uh, no, man, I've got a lot of optimism. Talking through all those games, I have a lot of excitement for this season, and I think part of it is because of the schedule that we have. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. The schedule, we talked about a little bit. The, the first five games, there's one tough one, home game against Oregon. Luckily, it's at home. Um, but the other ones are very winnable. Very, very winnable. I mean, that's those first five games, and, and give me a second while I pull it up, so I'm not, I'm not spewing nonsense. But um, 
those those first five games definitely do lead us some credence. I know you were talking about there was a potential or the possibility for us to go in five and zero, oh, but like we have at Wyoming, which is a little bit tougher than you would think. Yeah, yeah, right. Early first game of the season at Wyoming, but it's going to be a nice little test where we should win. I think we open up with two touchdown favorites against them. Then, like I said, home against Tech, home against Charleston State, at West Virginia, who which West Virginia is is should be better than last year, but they are still not. But that was a basement very team. Good. Yeah, like it's unfortunate for them. And then you have and, and what could be Neil Brown's last year, so who knows? He may pull out all the stops. And then home against Houston, who I'm I don't want to bury the lead, but let's just say I'm not very high on the Houston Cougars at all. <laughs> at all. Like there's a chance we could be playing the two worst teams in the conference back to back weeks there. Um or two of the worst teams in the conference in back-to-back weeks there before playing Baylor, right at Baylor. So like those first five games, like to your to your point, what you were saying is, is that uh, uh, that like Tech really are probably going to be favored in the first five games of the season, or at least four of the five games of the season, right? And so that's uh, that right there is something that uh, uh, leads itself to some some optimism at least. Yeah, and then you have the the what happens after that is going to be the toughest four game stretch it's going to be the tough four game stretch between you know you're at baylor you have kansas state they are at home but you have kansas state going to provo utah in late october interesting it'll probably be a night game and then of course uh texas or tcu at home uh that four game stretch is going to be the kind of gut punch of the season of do you want to be great or do you want to kind of regress to what texas tech is and i think for coach mcguire you know, you have to be looking at this as how am I going to prepare my team for this? Because there is a real possibility where you go into that 5-0, and and we've been in situations in Kingsbury's first year, remember, we were like 7-0, and and it was like, oh my God, we are the best team in the world. And then you lose the last five games. <laughs> um, that there's like a, you have to find a way to maintain success, to stack success, if you will. To stack there success. There it is. <laughs> How do we stack success? God, that guy will not go away. He, <laughs> damn it, he was, he had some good points. Um, but it's like, you know, how are you going to come out of this four-game stretch? And then, of course, you finish off uh, before the Texas game, you have Kansas and UCF, which are both really winnable games. Um, and then the Texas want to finish up. Well, yeah, I will say, you know, funny, usually when I see the schedule, I'm like, you know, there's always a couple auto L's is what I call the it. auto L's, right? yeah. Where you just look at the schedule, you're like, yeah, we're not winning that game. Like, yeah, we don't have to worry about it. We're not winning that game. Um, and I look at the schedule. There's not a single auto L. Not a single game where I'm like, oh, there's no way we win it. Every single game is winnable, right? Which is which is interesting. I mean, the two toughest games on the schedule, the three toughest was probably at Baylor, home against K-State, and at Texas, right? But, like, every game on this schedule is winnable. Which is which is weird. Which is is kind of like, oh, um, how is how is that the case, right? And so with the team that we have, um, and I will say, I, though I feel optimistic that we could potentially win eight plus games, I don't feel I'm. Not, you won't hear until we're in that position. You will not hear from me that, oh yeah, man, we are we could be in the college football playoff. Like nah, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Chill, chill out, chill out. All right, I'm not saying that. I don't think we're, but I, I do feel like we can have a really decent season, a really good season. And we were talking pre-pod how important this season is as we go into the new Big Twelve, right? This year we're gonna have 14 teams. Uh, looks like Texas, Oklahoma, are gonna get the, they're gonna skedaddle up out of here after this season. Which, for one, let me just say, it's great. That would mean that the last time we ever play Oklahoma is a W. So sh- yo, that's what's up. But 
but I, um, but in general, that uh, um, like this could jumpstart into the, the new Big Twelve next year, right? Where Texas Tech has a really good year, and the twenty twenty three class that's already one of the better classes we've had in the past uh, uh, ever, and then the twenty twenty four class. Right now, as of right now, as we speak, Texas Tech has the number one recruiting class in the new Big Twelve, right? Um, as we speak, right? Five star Micah Hudson is is is. Right now, choosing between us and the Longhorns, uh, we have like, two, five, a four-star O-lineman with a third one potentially on the way, right? Um, right. I think we have four four-stars total. Um, so, like, things are coming right now. They're really coming and progressing positively, and they can really jumpstart us. With us getting talent on the, um, on the campus, they can really jumpstart us really well into the new Big 12. Um, and, they, and the guy's going to jumpstart us is going to be Tyler Shuck. So what's your thoughts on Tyler Shuck being named the starter for a Texas Tech football team? Um, my my initial thought before I let you go is, it was inevitable. <laughs> like Thanos, it was inevitable. Yeah. Um, Shuck is going to be, you know, if if he can make it past week three without some kind of weird season-ending injury, um, he's a dangerous he's a dangerous player, and I think in a really great way because we saw him end last season with the bravado and the skill. Um, that we expected him to come in with when he was coming from Oregon. Guys, remember he was a he was an NFL prospect. They thought he was going to go to the draft, and we were all stoked because for some reason this kid said no to the NFL. I'm going to play another season at Texas Tech. Well, then he fell down and everything shattered, and then he didn't. And so um, coming back and seeing Shuck kind of take the reins of this offense, especially against that Ole Miss team, um, gives me a lot of again, optimism is the creepy word that keeps floating around. Gives me a lot of optimism for his play in the this upcoming season. And let me tell you where a lot of that optimism comes from. And it's mostly from Coach Kitley uh, having a stable quarterback. Like having a quarter like one quarterback for the whole season. Like that's where that's where it was that's where Coach uh, Zach Kitley's um, bread and butter is, is having a quarterback that he can develop and then one that he can build the, the playbook around um, nearly fully. You know, last year we were carouseling between Shuck, and then he got hurt, and then it was Donovan Smith, and then it was he got hurt, and then it was Baron Morton, and then it was back to Shuck. And so, like, I cannot fathom trying to create a playbook that emphasizes the talents and abilities of your quarterback when you have three different quarterbacks but all the same skill players. And so... A lot of a lot of tumult there, but having a stable quarterback this year could it could make or break that win per, like that win um, percentage we're kind of looking at right now, and so I I think great ride the hot hand you know play every team like we played Ole Miss and we'll never see another L for as long as we live. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I will say this, Shuck, we we've, we've had a, a love hate relationship for Tyler Shuck on this pod. Um. You know, shout out to Dylan Smythe. Me and me and Dill have rolled the Shuck train as long as we could <laughs> until they finally got off of it, and then Shuck, you know, wowed us a, a, a little bit. Um, he said, "He said know, I lost we, my boys. We, I got to get them back." That's that's right. I, I will say this about Tyler Shuck is that um, we did think he was he was busted goods, broken good, uh, for a little bit. We thought he was done. Uh, too many injuries, and he and he, sh- he showed us. He showed us that no, I'm I'm still here, and I still I still have the belief. And I said it at the end of last year, and I, and I still believe this is that at their best, Tyler Shuck is, and you just tweeted from the main account is a top three quarterback in the conference. He's an NFL draft prospect. He's shown that the, the skill and the talent is there. He's shown that, 
right? He's shown that he also has a composure to not just not stack uh, mistakes. To he quick quick memory, he doesn't really let these things hold on. He has really great composure. I like the way he goes about things. Uh, I think with Tyler Shuck, it's what you mentioned is is injuries. Um, it's not playing scared because we saw that a little bit too. Where he after he coming back from injury, he, he played a little bit scared, and there was a little bit of a question of oh what what are you what are you doing here now? Um, but I you know I think it was inevitable. I think that was the right decision was to go to Tyler Shuck. I will say. Baron Morton, you know, the, the fan base has been clamoring for Baron Morton for over two years now, going into the third year. I'm now to the point where the clamoring is justified. Baron Morton is him. He is the best. Listen, and usually it's you making these, these declarations. I'll make a declaration right here. Baron Morton's the best backup in the conference. He's the best backup in the conference. If something does happen to Tyler Shuck, I'm not tripping. I don't think anybody in the fan base is worried. I don't think anybody is is Baron Morton is going to step it slide right in, and I think he's going to do a great job, right? I think if something happens where Tyler Shuck has a great season this year and he's off, he, he's off to the NFL. Big bet, all power to you. Baron Morton takes us on to the next the next uh, uh, next reign, right? I there was really no wrong answers here between Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton. I do think Shuck was inevitable, like I said earlier, but like I said, Baron Morton's the best backup in the conference. About half the t- I believe. Half the teams in the conference should probably have been calling, to, calling, being like, "Hey, man, is you know Baron Morton? You know, is he? You sure he want to stay at Tech? Like, you know, like half the teams in the conference, I think, could use a Baron Morton, and he's our backup quarterback. So, um, so yeah, I think we're in a really good spot for the backup position right now, right? Like the the, the guy, the star-studded transfer from Oregon gets to play against his former team, and he's in the third year here at Texas Tech. Um, he's three years older than when we got him, you know, back in 2021. So, uh, uh, or two and a half years, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I feel good. I feel good about this team. I feel good about where they are, where they could, where, where all of that is. Um, and like I said, the, the recruiting, the recruiting don't stop. A lot of excitement around the football team. Um, basketball team needs to take notes. That's that's all. Help, I'll say. please. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's all I will say, Jeremy. That's all I will say. So, anything else that you want to say to the people? Yeah, just to kind of wrap up that recruiting with a little bit of, with a really small bow is that um, somebody had mentioned when Athlon Sports did their poll uh, about Big Twelve um, coaches and Big Twelve teams, you know, ahead of the season here, and people are the they kind of put Texas Tech at fifth. Fifth in the new Big 12, um, that's including Texas and Oklahoma still, though. And the kind of follow-up was that Athlon Sports had talked to a lot of Big 12 coaches. And for them, they you know they don't think that it's on Joey because they think that he's done a solid job. It's just that, quote, you know, they're still not a high-end Big 12 roster. They're still in the middle of the road, and you can see it getting off the bus. And we kind of talked about this pre-pod. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The, 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 we are a middle of the Big 12 roster. And... You can maybe see it getting off the bus, but that was kind of pointed, and I really hate it, and I hope that McGuire uses that. But the thing is, is that what is McGuire doing is that he's going out and getting recruits. He's like, you know what? We're not going to be the smallest anymore. We're going to be bigger. We're going to be faster. We're going to be big and scary. And, you know, in this first recruiting cycle, in this first cycle, we finished fourth in the Big 12, right? We did really well. Um, You know, you lose to Texas and Oklahoma, obviously. TCU is the only other team that out-recruited you. and it really wasn't by too much. They just had a few less, a few more quality recruits than we did. But now we get into this season, this this next cycle for 2024, we're already up to 10. But th- the thing is that three of those 
uh, Cheeto Feely, who's an edge player, Ellis Davis, who's an offensive tackle, and Ivan Carrion, who's a wide receiver, um, all four stars, and all four in the top 20 of all-time recruits for Texas Tech. So McGuire is already trying to kind of rewrite the narrative of, let's go out and get these like bigger, I mean, um, what is it? Ellis Davis picked Texas Tech over A&M, over Texas, over Florida. Like, McGuire wants to be in that conversation. And we knew it last year whenever he was recruiting a bunch of people early. And it was like, oh my God, Texas Tech is like top five in the nation right now. And we knew that that wouldn't last. But McGuire said that he wants to get Texas Tech on the radar so that people know that we're serious about football. And what is he doing? Is, is he kind of reshuffling the way that people perceive Texas Tech recruiting? And I had to have a long and fun conversation with a Longhorn Pod about the whole cactus meme. And how we've really adopted that because the reality is that a lot of people do overlook Texas Tech. And that's why it's so special that Micah Hudson is like here in Lubbock right now, top five, I mean, five-star wide receiver, one of the best, you know, in the nation and is basically choosing between us and Texas. And for Texas fans, they can't even fathom a world where Hudson would even consider it. And they're like, okay, obviously Texas is better, amazing, big brand. We're going to the SEC. And you know what? They are right. They also have done absolutely nothing with good recruits in the past decade. So figure that one out. But the fact that Texas Tech is in that conversation. Well, not only that. I mean, if you're a receiver, right? Let's talk about just being a receiver. If you're a receiver, I mean, everybody's goal is to get to the league, right? Get to the NFL. So you look at Texas Tech and you're like, well, they had Kiki Kuti. They had, you know, Brad Marquez. They had, And I'm not even talking about crap, right? Yeah. These post-crap. Post-crap. Brad Marquez, yeah. Kiki Kuti. Jakeem um, Grant. Just recently, Eric Ezukanma, Jakeem Grant. Um, Developing so many different who, style of athletes in this role. And and it's and it's like, well, who did, who, who did Texas have at receivers again? Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, Sarks has had a, a bunch of receivers go to the league from Alabama. But Micah Hudson's not going to Alabama. <laughs> he's not going from, excuse me, he's not going Sark to Alabama. So I think that's a, uh, I mean, that's a big part piece of it too. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's Marquise Goodwin. He's he's been okay. Like uh, uh, Devin Devin Duvernay. He's a good punt returner. Like that's that's like that's really where you're you're at right now when you're comparing the two, right? You're saying, okay, well. You know, and even kick return. We got the best kick return in Jakeem Grant. So, like, that's where I think that that piece is, right? For a receiver like Micah Hudson, and you're like, well, these guys are going to throw the ball around. They're going to really make it exciting, good, good brand of football. They're on the upswing. And, yeah, y'all are going to SEC, and that's great and all, but, you know, what what are y'all really going to do for me? And so, and, and Micah Hudson, every time a Texas Longhorn or a report or a fan or something like that tries to put Tech down, like, oh, they're not really in the running, Micah Hudson himself is saying, like, nah, Nah, y'all, y'all, y'all better, you know, correct yourself. Yeah, they're very much there, um, and so listen. I, I personally don't really get too much into uh, the thoughts and feelings of of high schoolers um, because it's all very fickle. Uh, but there's no doubt from everything that I've heard, both privately and publicly, um, that we are very much in it. Um, and if, if you know, it's uh, not just in it, but you know, it favored if anything. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. If he doesn't choose us, uh, he's dead to us. No, I'm just but, uh, <laughs> the point is, is that doesn't McGuire bad, doesn't make him a bad kid. If, but yeah. Whether or not Hudson comes here, McGuire is continuing to look for those higher caliber players. And so you're in a really good spot for Texas Tech. Well, not just look for them, impress them. I mean, Casey Poe, uh, the guard out of Lindale, 
was and he hasn't made a decision, right? But he's just kind of looking at it and saying like, "Man, I went there and they got something special going on." Right? Like he he can fit, he said he talked actually let me get this I got this quote pulled up. Texas Tech is about to do something amazing that hasn't been seen by the program in some time. I truly believe they have a shot at making the playoffs in the next five years. They are not smaller or less than any other program. They're extremely high on my list, right? And so this is that's a guy saying so. In his, so he just and he's made that publicly. So he's saying that publicly in Casey Poe. You know he's probably thinking to himself if I want to go to the playoff, they're gonna make it. They're gonna be in the playoff in the next four or five years. Yeah. I want to be in the playoff. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, but that's just that's just the the McGuire effect, and and I didn't I didn't get on the McGuire train as, as early as, as most of the other fan base, but there's no doubt that the McGuire effect is is there and it's real. So so yeah, um, I asked you if there's anything else you want to say to the people, and you made it very long winded, so I appreciate that. Um, I have nothing else to say. So um, for the uh, uh, the gabber that is Jeremy Gillen. This is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.